And hello, welcome, good afternoon on this Monday. It is July the 18th. Hello and welcome to those of you in Toronto on 640 Toronto, in London on 980 CFPL, and in Hamilton on 900 CHML, and of course streaming and listening online. Coming up, you heard him just moments ago with Alan Carter, Patrick Brown, confirming that he will now run for the mayor of Brampton once again, running for re-election. This, of course, after he was removed from the conservative leadership race, the party removing Brown after investigating allegations against his campaign for violations of the financial provisions of the Elections Act. So Brown, by the way, has denied those allegations and is appealing the party's decision. But have a listen. Here's Patrick Brown earlier this morning. Well, I just wanted to uh, inform everyone that after talking to <laughs> after talking to my family, my most senior advisors, Savannah and Theodore, and of course, of course, Genevieve, that we've decided to put my name in again for Mayor of Brampton. All right, there you go. It's official. And of course, uh, plenty of questions regarding uh, Brown's announcement uh, this morning, and really on a couple of fronts. First, uh, what does Brown's removal and the circumstances surrounding it, what does that mean for the conservative leadership race? Does that change the complexity of the race? I mean, it certainly does because Patrick Brown is no longer in it. He's uh, no longer a factor. But uh, what does this mean for the remaining uh, weeks in the federal conservative leadership campaign? And secondly, after trying for the federal conservative leadership, how might that affect Brown's now mayoral campaign in his bid for re-election to once again be mayor of Brampton? Will he have possibly a tough time convincing Brampton voters that... Well, they aren't second choice. And could a rival maybe uh, capitalize on that? Here's what Patrick Brown had to say at that same presser earlier today regarding the city of Brampton. I love serving the city of Brampton. Uh, This is truly um, an incredible place to live. Uh, This one out a few things. It, it, It really is a mosaic of the world. And you get to meet people from every culture, every background. Uh, and it has been the greatest privilege to serve the city over the last uh, four years. And I'm looking forward to the next four years. All right. What he didn't add there, of course, is because he will now not be the leader of the federal conservatives. So, again, after uh, vying for and going for a, another job, will uh, voters perhaps, uh, I don't know, feel a little differently about Patrick Brown this time around? Some good questions on both fronts, both on the mayoral race in Brampton and the federal conservative leadership. We've got plenty to discuss with political scientist Lori Turnbull, and she's going to join us an hour from now. So after the news at 2 o'clock, we'll talk to Lori Turnbull about both of those issues regarding the announcement earlier today from Patrick Brown. Uh, But first, let's uh, welcome in uh, Mary. And Mary, uh, how was your weekend? And uh, happy belated, by the way, uh, National Ice Cream Day. Yesterday, July the 17th, was a National Ice Cream Day. As far as I'm concerned, uh, every day really should be Ice Cream Day. Oh, that's right. And certainly in the summer, with the warm weather we've been having, it's perfect. I can imagine in the UK, they're ready to bathe in ice cream just to cool off because they've been having those really hot temperatures in the UK. But I have to admit, Jeff, uh, you know what? I, I missed the date on this. I oh, missed what? the fact that yesterday was, yeah, the big ice cream day. It expired on me before I knew it even happened. Well, can I say, uh, the only thing better than ice cream 
is free ice cream. I mean, you put the word free in front of anything and it's automatically pretty much uh, better. Uh, free ice cream. I know that there were a lot of uh, stores and or uh, restaurants uh, really around the world celebrating National Ice Cream Day and offering uh, free scoops or, or second scoops. So, I mean, that's just a tremendous thing right there, uh, free ice cream. But, uh, Mary, do you have a favorite flavor, like a go-to when it comes to ice cream? Yeah, I do. It's kind of changed over the years. When I was really little, it was Tiger Tail. You know that orange one with the licorice you yeah. know, trace in it? I was um, I was never I down think- with the Tiger Tail. I don't know what it was, but uh, that one never did anything for me. It was uh, that orange and licorice combination. Just, uh, I don't know, but a bit of a different one. <laughs> Yeah, I, as a kid, I liked that. Maybe just because, you know, I was, you know, I'd eat anything and everything. And it was just so exciting to get the ice cream. But now I'd say my favorite is Cherry's Jubilee with like the, the dark cherries in it and the ice mm. cream. I'm, I'm a bigger fan. I got to tell you, as time has passed as well, I'm a bigger fan of gelato. Uh, but still have those creamy treats on hot days. Nothing like it. Tell me about the, uh, well, tell me about the gelato for a second. Mine, by the way, is caramel cone crunch and it's specific to a certain, uh, brand, which I guess we will not uh, name here, but, uh, if you know, you know, as they like to say, caramel cone crunch is just, it's amazing because you get, I love caramel and vanilla ice cream together, particularly if it's salted caramel. And as well, you get the crunch of the cone, little bits of cone in there as well. So, yeah, it's just a fantastic. But gelato I like as well. But uh, is gelato just ice cream with more air? Because it just seems more dense or heavier. It's actually not with cream. So it's mostly made with uh, non-dairy ingredients. So it's a nice alternative if if you have, you know, a little bit of an issue with dairy from time to time, which I have, uh, has been the case for me as time has passed. So it's nice to have it. And it's also really very gourmet as a, a palate cleanser. So if you're having like a large meal, very often they'll serve a little amuse-bouche, a little tiny portion of gelato just to cleanse the palate so it's nice and refreshing it's like frozen lemonade or frozen raspberry juice so very little dairy if any in uh, many gelatos so it can be used for a whole variety of different things yeah you're right i've been to just only a few dinners where they do that that palate cleanser it's very upscale Mm -hmm. very very upscale when they just send you the but am i the only one they send you that small little dish with the little spoon that you use to cleanse your palate and i'm like that's just a tease. Uh, I need like a full dish of this place. <laughs> there better be there better be twelve courses because that's not going to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, speaking of food, we're going to discuss here this afternoon best before dates, which are which are once again in the news. British retailer Marks and Spencer uh, they say that they're actually going to be removing best before dates in an attempt to achieve their goal of actually cutting food waste. So just how do best before dates work? Are they actually necessary? Do they indeed contribute to food waste? We got questions. Stuart Smythe has got answers. He studies agri-food at the University of Saskatchewan. And Stuart joins us once again here on the program. Stuart, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Jeff, Mary. You guys uh, 
certainly got me uh, pining for some ice cream right now, and definitely gelato, too. Yeah, no kidding. I think uh, that's exactly where we're all headed after the end of uh, today. Uh, listen, uh, Stuart, this sounds straightforward, best before dates, but could you define for us maybe just first off what exactly they are, how they work? Because I've heard conflicting reports. A lot of people think that the best before date is the day you should consume the food by. I've also seen other reports that that's the date that uh, companies, the manufacturer, they think the food needs to be sold by. Yeah, so so the the UK is changing theirs. They've had a, a sell by date on a lot of their food products. More information for the the retail side of things um, over here. Most of our uh, branding along that lines is is a you know use by kind of date, and it it's really just a, a rough guideline that that differs from one food company to the next, largely to try and make sure that their products are eaten when they're as fresh and, and tasty as possible. Um, and there, there's there's no relationship to food safety or um, any of those things. So so you're absolutely right. We, you know, as, as North Americans, we throw out a tremendous amount of food that is perfectly safe to eat every month. Okay, so Marks and Spencer, they're onto something. Again, they have announced that they are going to discontinue on certain products, particularly uh, vegetables and uh, fruit, uh, best before dates, because it's contributing, they believe, to food waste. But there is some, uh, I guess, fact or some science behind this, that this indeed is happening, best before dates actually increase food waste? I, I certainly believe that. I've talked to consumers, and you know, you, you see other studies and reports that... that um, Consumers adhere, you know, really solidly to that. And if they've got something and it, the best before date has was two or three days ago, um, they'll they'll throw it directly into the garbage. And that's really unfortunate because you're right. It 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 means that you know, as a household, you've spent money buying that product and now you're throwing it directly in the garbage, adding to our landfill um, that that has provided no nutritional value. Uh, to a household, so it, it, you know, there's a study in the states last year that estimated in North Americans waste about $125 worth of food a month. Mm. And you know, particularly with rising food costs, uh, I mean, I just it always just disheartens me so much when I have to throw something out that it's spoiled or, or gone bad, just from a food waste perspective. But uh, certainly from a budget perspective, now with uh, food costs. Uh, rising with uh, inflation the way they've uh, risen the last uh, few months, uh, half a year. So when it comes to best before date, Stuart, do you think that this is something maybe uh, what Marks and Spencer's is doing? Is this something we need to look at a little more closely uh, here in this country, in Canada? I think it would be advisable that, you know, at least that we try to put some guidelines in around how those dates are used across the grocery store. So I think that removing it in terms of fruits and vegetables is is pretty pretty straightforward for consumers, right? If uh, if your lettuce is wilted and brown and kind of slimy, yeah, that's it's not consumable. Throw it away. Um, if there's a date on there and it was a couple of days ago and you you've kept your lettuce in the fridge and it's still uh, firm and crisp and and good for use in a salad, then you know by all means use it. And and I I, I think that you know. Consume, you know, consumers are pretty savvy about what products are, are safe to to consume and, and, you know, using our nose and, and dipping our finger into something and um, 
giving the, the old taste test. If it doesn't taste good, then it, it's not good to be consumed. But on the other hand, I mean, I think most of us have pulled out a, a piece of cheese and found a bit of mold on it and pulled a paring knife out and scraped the mold off and, and continue eating the cheese um, because it's still perfectly safe. Right. So I, I was going to ask you just finally, that is your best advice to uh, consumers is to, uh, you know, use your senses, do the sniff test, uh, taste a little bit, uh, use your eyes, uh, have a look at it and uh, just kind of be uh, your judge, but your best judge. Yeah. You know, I, I think all of us have enough experience consuming food on a daily basis that, you know, we're pretty good judges. And, you know, if you're a bit uncertain, then then err on the side of caution. Absolutely. You know, if, if if you're if you're not positive that it's going to be good to consume for you or your family, then then by all means um, dispose of it and and continue on. But if you know you you've smelled it and it smells fine and you've tasted it and, it, and there's no problem there, um, just because the best before date is past. You know, yogurt is a really good example. Um, lots of the yogurt they they have a best before date within a few days of, of when you buy it, and if it's sealed in your fridge, you can keep that for two or three weeks past what the best before date is because it's not been opened. So it makes a huge difference to, to just, you know, take a few seconds and smell and taste it. And if it's good, then, um, you know, that's a really great way to cut down on food waste by, by not having to throw those items out. You bet. Stuart, really appreciate this with us this afternoon. Thanks so much and enjoy that ice cream later tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. You take care. You too. Stuart Smythe uh, studies agri-food at the University of Saskatchewan. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.